listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 23, The Charlotte Road Trip. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Each week, Darren and Holly bring you topics from car shows to racing to personal stories about local car nuts. This week, Darren and Holly tell you all about their trip to Charlotte, the Lamborghini Aventador that they stumbled upon, as well as Holly's love of NASCAR that went from 0 to 60 with her first trip to Talladega. So let's get revved up. Hello, Cubers. It's Darren. And Holly. We're coming to you tonight in a little bit of a different format. We are on our way back from Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to try this episode a little bit differently, safely at 70 miles per hour. And for those of our friends that are abroad, 112 kilometers per hour from the metric system. And we are on our way north right now, and we are in Studio C. I guess the car. C for Studio car. Studio car. Studio car. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about our weekend. Yeah. You start. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a quick weekend. Yes. Uh, action-packed, right? Like, there's never a dull moment when we go to Charlotte. Um, so, we drove down Friday after work. We left right at 5-ish. And pretty, hit the road. That's pretty exact. I know, right? Exactly at five-ish. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I realized by the time we got to the car and, you know, sure. yada, yada. Um, I don't even know. By the time we uh, got to our destination, it might have been close to two o'clock. It was very late. We made some stops and, yeah. you know. Yeah, we were, we were zombies. Yeah, so it was a long night. We woke up Saturday morning. Okay, closer to midday. <laughs> um, My late morning, I mean, for yes, lunch. Yes, 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 just in time for lunch, yes. And we were uh, we were there celebrating my parents' birthdays. Right. So we got to hang out with my family a little bit and ate some Bojangles chicken straight out of North Carolina. Good stuff. And uh, it was great. Uh, you know, for everybody that's listening, just to give some relevance to time, Florence, Hurricane Florence just hit. Right. Uh, last weekend, and fortunately, it was not as bad as they predicted, at least in the areas where my family lives, Um, so we're very glad that minimal damage. My brother's house uh, flooded a bit in the basement, and my parents had to cut down a tree, uh, a pretty old tree, actually, that I grew up with, um, at the last minute, just to save for anything horrible happening so well thoughts and prayers to those throughout the Carolinas like in Wilmington North Carolina and other places that truly took a big brunt of the impact of the storm thoughts are with you as you for sure and the family who have lost loved ones it's you know it's unfortunate that uh, people tend to say oh the storm wasn't as bad as we expected but there are still people that have lost their lives because of this storm I think the last count I saw was 35 um, so it's really sobering, yep. and I am so grateful that my family is okay and didn't have any major damage. So uh, it was a great blessing to be able to go down and see them this weekend and spend time celebrating their 67th birthdays, um, respectively. So we had a show to go to. Mm-hmm. Downtown Charlotte. Which Downtown is, Charlotte. It's definitely happening. In fact, I don't think I've ever been there after dark. We've been downtown Charlotte, but not in the evening, and it was a lot happening. There's live music and all kinds of things going on. Yep. Do you remember the name of the 
hub that where we ate dinner, like the oh, center, right. like the area there. All I can remember is Blumenthal is the theater. We yep, Blumenthal was the theater. Uh, see, I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I used first the word. Letter. Actually, I used the word at the top of the show. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, How about a first letter hint? E. Epicenter. Aha, that's right. So it's the epicenter that Charlotte built several years ago, and I've never, I never lived there when it was in its glory, like when it first got built. So it, I haven't had a, a, a lot of opportunities to really enjoy it, but it was quite the, like Darren said, quite the happening place. I know there's, there used to be, I don't know if there still is, but a bowling alley there, lots of restaurants, bars, clubs, live music, live music as he said, and, um, and our spot that we went to for dinner before the show. Surprise, surprise, a 50s diner. <laughs> Shocker! And Our favorite. do you remember the name? Mr. Names? <laughs> she says sarcastically. Wow, another quiz question. Guys, okay. this is not cool. Here's the giveaway. The second word is diner. Mm. And the it's first... R. Yes, that's good. Source of an R. And it's the flight that we took home from Denver. Red Eye. Yes, the Red Eye Diner, indeed. <laughs> oh, we will um, pay for this later. <laughs> On-air quizzes. It was great. You had a Carolina burger, and I had a slider and some waffle fries. It was a fabulous dinner. It was. It was a lot of, and great service there, too. So, but we forgot. What? What did we forget? Before we even got there and parked, we're driving through the town, through the streets of the city. Ah, yes. All yes, the yes. one-way streets that are confusing and such, <laughs> and then... Um, I sent you on an admission. We pull up to this light right past the Spectrum Center where the Charlotte Hornets play. It was the Ritz-Carlton, too, wasn't it? And it was the Ritz-Carlton on the corner of, I believe it was Trayton College, and we see this amazing car. Yeah, it was hard to ignore. Yeah. And, and Holly, what was that car? That car was a Lamborghini Aventador. Wow, so you know, you passed your quiz. Nice job. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, and it was like a mirror-style paint job, right? Yeah, I think it might have been a skin. A oh, full, a wrap. A full-body wrap, but uh, it was striking. Scissor it was, doors. Had, had standard scissor doors, exactly. And it, and it was like a metallic, almost a reflective mirrored a blue hue, like a, almost a teal blue hue to it. Yeah, yeah, it was gorgeous. Unlike anything I've seen, and it was spectacular. Well, and so then we, you know, later when we showed the pictures, which of course we'll be posting on Instagram, but when we showed the pictures to my family, we all sat around and speculated of who that car could possibly mm -hmm. belong to. I like the theories. Yeah, right? So, A, it's the color of, like, a Hornets player or a Panthers player, but, as my daughter pointed out, why would they be staying at a hotel in Charlotte? If they play for those teams, they likely have a home in this town, so they're not staying there. So then we speculated that, oh, the Cincinnati Bengals were in town for a game. Right. Uh, which, happy to say, the Cincinnati Bengals lost today. But, uh, but yeah, they were in town, so we thought maybe it was one of their players. But the then sports who opinions would... expressed by Holly may not necessarily <laughs> represent that of course for a lot. <laughs> yes. Sorry for all of our Ohio friends. We know we have lots. Um, so, yeah, but we, we figured nobody's going to drive that from Ohio to come here. So it's just hard to imagine what average person can afford such an right. amazing car. Well, 
to segue off Lamborghini, Friday we actually called down to Lamborghini of Carolinas, which is in Charlotte, and we didn't get a chance to connect with the general manager, Garrett, but we're still hoping to get back there in one of our future trips so that we might be able to uh, explore the showroom to see the pre-owned and brand new Lamborghinis, particularly my favorite, the Huracan, but yes. we hope to catch up with uh, the folks at uh, Lamborghini Carolinas very soon. Yes, indeed. Definitely on our list. You know, Darren, speaking of things we need to add to our list. I love that fact. I really do enjoy the fact that our list grows and grows, and we meet more and more people. We can keep track of all these cool things that come up. I know, I know. We have many, many pages of lists. But um, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Yes. I am ashamed to say that I am from, I am a Charlotte native, and have yet to be a visitor at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. We're going to have to change that, for sure. I know. Well, you know, prior to uh, being your partner, uh, cars weren't really like a big driver for me, pardon the pun. <laughs> but uh, but I think it's uh, it's very exciting. And My car nuttiness is driving, or my car nuttiness is rubbing off on you, unfortunately. Or fortunately, I guess. Yes, fortunately, Good. right? Because we're having fun. Oh my gosh. Love every bit. This has been such a great journey. So, yeah, I think Charlotte is, I mean, it. I guess I've always taken it for granted because I've just lived here. But you see it, right? Oh, yeah, there's really a great vibe. The energy is, uh, we've been downtown near the ballpark during the day, and then this was uh, first for me as far as the nightlife and downtown. Yeah, I think it's, uh, there's a police presence everywhere. There, I mean, it felt safe. Um, just really good uh, good things happening so I, I'm I'm definitely a fan of Charlotte and I think that a chance for me to see the NASCAR Hall of Fame uh, we enjoy racing of all types and formats but particularly to see something that's rooted in the south and Charlotte truly is that center of the, of the NASCAR world the epicenter as you will in the sense that a lot of the racing teams are there you have the Charlotte Motor Speedway the Hall of Fame we just mentioned and uh, it's, it's somewhat synonymous with well, just and, the teams. Yeah, and then all the teams like in the surrounding areas too. Mooresville and right. um, just that whole, there's a whole subculture, mm -hmm. I think you would say. and it brings a lot of uh, revenue to the area too. It does. It does indeed. Jobs and everything else. So I think we have a real opportunity there, and I'm glad that we're going to add that to the list. And we know we have future Charlotte road trips ahead, so bear with us. We're going we're gonna to track that for you. Well, I think that one of the things I have found interesting that I think our listeners would, and that is the fact that in your marketing days and through your corporate experiences, you formerly worked for Irwin, which is the, the tool company, and Irwin had and still does a strong presence with uh, NASCAR uh, advertising and, and being a, a marketing affiliate of NASCAR, correct? Yeah. So I'd love for you to share some of those uh, stories you had. Well, it's funny. Um, I was actually just recently going through some photographs that I have and from those days, and Darren ran across one that had me, or a couple actually. One was me at Victory Lane so with yeah. Jamie McMurray yeah. uh, when he had won the Daytona race. Not the Daytona 500, but the Pepsi 600, I believe. And, uh, and then another one where I stood next to Jack Roush and um, I have pictures of my daughter and I with Kurt Busch when she was quite young. So I worked at Irwin from 2003 to 2008, 
and that was like Kurt Busch's prime. Um, he won the points race in 2004. Um, so that was really exciting while we were his sponsor. So just a lot of really exciting stuff. And to be honest, I had never seen or had any interest in seeing any racing of NASCAR kind until, of course, it's your job and then you have to. And I tell you, it was such a funny story. Um, the first time I went to a race, it was at Talladega, which... I feel pretty fortunate that that was my first race. Well, that's a great way to start. Right? So I'm working at like a booth outside where all the fans hang out during the day before the race starts. And I really just love talking to people and working with people and having a good time. And so it never really dawned on me that we were going to have to go into the race. Like it just didn't phase me. I was like, whatever. And, um, and I just kept thinking, do we have to stay for the whole thing? Can we just get through a hundred laps? You know, like really, this is so boring. It took one lap <laughs> for me to be totally hooked. I was. I love that thunder. I loved it, and it was like you see how people—they really do think their driver is going to move faster if they just move their arm to the right, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, go, go, and. It doesn't help, but it just makes you feel like you're a part of it, right? It's I was like say, I might not understand the full physics of that, but I don't think it does. I <laughs> it doesn't, but by golly, you're involved, yep, right? You're engaged. And you've got the headset, and you're listening to your driver's um, crew and uh-huh. all that's going on. And um, it's just, it's exhilarating. Sure. And I tell you, they were ready to leave after a certain number of laps, and the race was not over, and our driver was winning. They literally had to pull me out of there kicking and screaming. Oh my I, gosh, wow. I was ready to call a cab <laughs> and, and or rent a bus to drive back That's from awesome. Talladega to Charlotte because I did not want to leave that race. Oh, that is so cool. So that was sort of the start. And so for me, my love of NASCAR sort of was paralleled with my love of Kurt Busch. So one became the other. It was like, well, I wouldn't love NASCAR if I didn't love Kurt Busch. Like, we just had such a great driver. And then, unfortunately, uh, as anybody that is a NASCAR fan understands, Kurt has gone through some ups and downs as a driver. And um, allegorical to life itself. Absolutely. Um, I just, I remember there was a time when... uh, Kurt punched Tony Stewart, I believe, in the face during a race or after a race. And he just was kind of known as a hothead. So, uh, so yeah, it was a little bit tough for him. And, and eventually, uh, we parted ways with him and, and took up Jamie McMurray as our driver. But as we were shopping today in Charlotte, Darren ran across this magazine that was called NASCAR Pole Position. And it was an officially licensed NASCAR publication. And so we decided to pick it up. And in there, they go through top 15 drivers, right? Yes, it was. And one of them was Kurt Busch. And so automatically, Darren was like, oh, I think this is the driver you guys had, right? And um, and so I was looking through and, and thought I'd just share a couple of little notes about our buddy Kurt Busch and, and his career. Um You know, they talk about the traits that characterize him. There's five traits. Resilience, clutch performances, adaptability, Bristol success, and consistency. Um, As I mentioned earlier, 
clutch performances. The 2004 season finale at Homestead Miami Speedway was definitely one of those. He was in a close championship battle with Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon, and he ended up winning by eight points. So that was, at that time, the closest margin in NASCAR history. So that was pretty exciting. And he also came in clutch in 2017 when he won the Daytona 500. And the interesting note about that one was he only led one lap, and it was the last one. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. It doesn't <laughs> matter where you start. It only matters where you finish, right? Final score, yeah. Um, also, I, I don't think I knew this, but he also raced in 2014 in the Indianapolis 500. It was the first and only time he was in an open-wheel race, okay. and he ended up finishing sixth. Very nice. Which was pretty impressive. Um, of course, Bristol is one of the toughest tracks, as they say. Uh, it's a .533-mile high-banked concrete oval, and it's known for its close-quarters racing. And Kurt Busch has actually won that race six times. Which with, is unheard of, I guess. With three different teams, yeah. And he's done it in the day, he's done it at night, and we all know conditions on the track differ when it's day versus night. Um, so he's pretty impressive. He is a, a dang good driver, that is for sure. And, you know, one of the other interesting thoughts when they talk about consistency that uh, since NASCAR introduced the season-ending playoff format uh, in 2004... How many times do you think he has not qualified to be in the playoffs? No. 2004, so that's 14 years okay. of that format. So out of 14, how many times? Maybe seven. Three. Wow. Three times he has not that's been able consistent. to qualify. So that is definitely consistent. Yeah. And, you know, it's overall, like, I think it's safe to say, what were you going to say? I was going to say, using your baseball metaphors, that's like hitting a 600, you know? Yeah, it's pretty It's pretty unheard of, yeah. yeah. And uh, overall, I think it's safe to say, you know, resilience really does capture the essence of Kurt Busch because anytime he's gotten down and you think he's going to be defeated, he comes back fighting. Out and, of the corner, here he comes. Yeah, and he makes it back to the top. So shout out to Kurt Busch and, and kudos on a, a career that's not over yet. That's right. And uh, it's, it's fun to watch, for sure. Well, thank you. That was a good wrap-up. I I think you really hit on some, some key points of what it means to be involved with NASCAR, and it is more than just driving around left turns in a circle like a lot of people will say. It's, there's a lot of strategy, there's a great deal of teamwork and collaboration. Athleticism. Well, there's in that same um, pole position magazine we picked up today, there was a whole feature on a, one of the transport drivers. Yeah. And I always said, what a cool job to be able to drive one of those multi-million dollar rigs, 18-wheeler, uh, tractors and, and then of course the, the fully custom trailers that haul the, the cars as well as uh, the shop and the mechanics equipment and things like that but how that's a whole career and that's a that's a life on the road going from track to track to track I mean I think that uh, I know I'm driving and you're you have the passenger side but you want to talk a little bit about the highlights of that article we read yeah I mean I think it was interesting that Chris Minton who drives for Team Penske said that when he got this job or when he applied for this job he didn't even have his CDL Okay. so he had been uh, a spotter at a local short track in Winston-Salem, North Carolina where he had worked for 8 years and 
he had, he had been driving pickup trucks and trailers for a long time and had worked for a construction company, but he had never driven any of those things even on the street. It's pretty so, remarkable. yeah, and I know you love driving trucks. Well, I would always had that, yeah, the fact I would have loved to have been uh, a long haul yeah. driver just for fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What I thought was really interesting when I read that article about Chris is the fact that he's just an everyday guy. He's, he acknowledges the fact that when you're on the road during the season, they're driving, they're working extremely long hours, and it's hard to, to be healthy and to, and to make good, even diet choices and things. So he said he can almost always find a subway, and in doing so, I think he said it's like a pilot. Yeah, the pilot travel the pilot truck center. Stops and, yeah, the travel he said center. nine times out of ten there'll be he a subway. He can find a subway, so he knows he can eat somewhat responsibly. And I thought it was cool how he said that his preference is to drive at night. Obviously, less traffic, not as uh, much to manage when you're with the multi-million dollar hauler and everything like that. But I, I just thought it was he was very relatable. Really For cool, sure, nice guy. I think too the other thing that uh, is notable is his favorite track is Las Vegas. Yeah. He said it just has a really cool atmosphere to it, and uh, I know that's on our list of places to see and things to do is go out to Las Vegas. So Then he mentioned, too, that there was a track that he enjoyed going to because getting there was, was part of the fun. There's yeah, the favorite drive the scenery, to right. a track is Sonoma. Yes, thank you. And I would actually say my favorite track, now granted, I haven't been to all of them, right. but I really liked the Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona track never been to that one. It was, it was perfect. You would have loved it because it's set like back in sort of this deserty type of, um, landscape. And then there's this big mountain like right behind it. So okay. it's just sort of up against this mountain and that would be picturesque. it's very picturesque. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, the Southwest itself is so beautiful. That's what a cool combination. So, and, and I think the other thing that's really interesting to note is Chris is only 27. I know, that's pretty, I mean, that's a great career he's had already. Yeah, he's accomplished a lot, and I think he's sort of in that pinch me, is this real exactly. place in his life, because that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, I'd ride along with him, that's for sure. I'd be a co-driver. Oh, for fun. sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned earlier about the Lamborghini Aventador uh -huh. that we saw in Charlotte yep. was that you thought that it was not paint, but a wrap. That was just a theory, but yes. Well, and I don't even know, right? Like, to me... It could have been custom painted after the purchase. I guess I just never think of, of things not being painted. I just always assume it's painted. And sure enough, in this Pole Position magazine, there was a whole article about computerized graphics. Yeah, the wraps themselves have gotten so fantastic. When Scott and I were just at the Harrisburg uh, Farm Show Complex, that uh, the Lotus Elise in that amazing uh, atomic teal, that was a wrap. And, and it looked fantastic. Even when you were up very, very close, you don't realize that that is, that is not paint, that's vinyl. And I'm sure you could probably give some insight on why it is that they've gone. What's the benefit of having a wrap versus a paint job? Well, what I know about it, obviously, to repaint a car is extremely laborious. And to do it right is highly expensive. For one thing, you have to remove all the glass. Uh, you're taking off the doors. You're painting the jams. You're painting inside the firewall and inside the, the engine bay. Uh, you really, to do it right, have to disassemble the car considerably. By doing a wrap, 
if, especially if you have a complementary color, if you say have a white car, you could actually leave the door jams in the factory paint, but by doing something like a, a bright blue or an orange or whatever it may be, for it's still not inexpensive, but for a fraction of the overall cost, you can have the car wrapped, and by doing so, you're changing the entire vibe and color of the car without having to disassemble it to do a professional, uh, almost ground-up paint job. So what happens too is someone may do a wrap and then after two to five years they may say, I want to change the, the look of my uh, muscle car, Ferrari, whatever it might be, to something else. They can change the wrap and it's a little bit less permanent, if you will. I think the other thing, too, in this article that we read, it was about how, <clears throat> specifically when it comes to NASCAR, how sponsors and uh, companies keep changing. And, you know, it's a week-to-week -week thing. Oh, sure. And there's just no way that they can possibly... Well, back in the 60s, it was hand-painting, hand-stenciling. They would apply the STP or whatever corporate sticker, and if the car was damaged, they would fix the quarter panel, the fender, whatever it might be, and then reapplying new stickers, what have you. But in that article, it said a lot about how you really have to have your B car, your backup car has to be also ready to go should something happen to your primary. And because, as you said, things are happening so often, there are multi, you know, not only a myriad of sponsors, but you have possible multiple headliner sponsors that have to share space. And the marketing teams are all collaborating to see uh, agreement on the placement of their logo, where it should be, how large, how prominent. I know teams are constantly trying to reinvent themselves week after week. They want the car to stand out. They want yep. it to be significant on the field or on, on the, among the field of cars on the track. And of course, the corporate sponsors are putting a lot of money into this. So they, they want their logo to stand out and be talked about in the stands. Yeah, that's really true. And actually, as you're talking about it, it reminded me of my days at Irwin because we the true sponsor was our, our corporate parent company, which was Newell Rubbermaid, who also owned Sharpie. And so Sharpie was the primary sponsor for Kurt Busch and his car. And there was always a Sharpie on his car when it was in that regard. So it was black and red and white. Okay. A lot of those schemes. Um, and then when we would do ours for Irwin, it was blue and yellow and it was a saw blade. And so it had to totally change. Mm -hmm. Um, to go with what we wanted it to be because we were the sponsor and we were paying a lot of money. Um, I think, like you said, the laborious process of taking the car apart and painting it and then having to put it all together is a lot of hours, right? Well, so, what, you, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, do you remember how much the article said, how long it takes to do a wrap? Well, this quiz question I think I have right. It was 12 hours for a team of two. And they typically, this particular... Um, team is doing it on Tuesdays, but one of the true benefits of it is that instead of having to wait while, let's say, they're putting in, they're taking the, the driver, driver's seat out or having to do adjustments to the chassis or, or pulling the engine and putting it back in after it's been overhauled, uh, working with the exhaust, whatever it might be, they can concurrently be working on the wrap while the other teams are focusing on the other elements of the, of the car itself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So two guys are expected to be able to finish two cars in one day. Correct. So uh, 12 hours, so six hours each, so that's a long day. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, they're expected to get that done. And that's a lot faster, obviously, than doing the paint the well, way that it's always been done. Right. They said, wasn't it like one full 24-hour period for the for the vinyl wrap to cure? Right. But if you think about, you're repainting a car, and you're going to have to go perhaps sand it, buff it. Uh, you know, there's a lot more in the way of process and time. And as you're doing this week after week after week, and having to transport the car possibly across the country, there's very little window of opportunity. So the, the whole wrapping up approach is, is really modernizing and changing the way that the, uh, the aesthetic of, of racing is changing. No, I agree. And I think it's pretty exciting the way technology really touches every facet of our lives, it right? Does. And what an amazing um, development in sure. that regard. That's pretty cool. Well, as we come off of the, the NASCAR topic, just want to say that we love hearing from you, our fans, the Cubers, Cars of Carlisle community, Cars of Carlisle Car Club. And with that, the first person that emails us at carsofcarlisle at outlook.com after this episode drops, episode 23, we're going to send you something. And that is, in the whole spirit of talking about Charlotte and NASCAR this week, it was, it's going to be a die-cast metal NASCAR that is a very special edition that wasn't even available to the public. And it was through you, actually. It's part of your collection, right? It is, yes. So a little bit uh, something different, but wanted to just kind of generate that excitement. So send us an email in the subject line. Maybe put something like giveaway NASCAR. First person that emails us, carsacarlisle.outlook.com. We'll send it to you once you give us our shipping address. So good luck to everybody being the first with that. Yay. So much exciting things happening. I actually have some travel coming up domestically and internationally. But we are already working on content for the next two, actually three weeks. And this weekend, we've already secured two interviews with Carlisle local area uh, residents that are very much into the, the car scene. One has a 63 Fury ragtop, and another one is most definitely a, an expert on all things Ford Bronco and restores them, shows them is really a true connoisseur and expert. Can't wait to have a sit down with him. Holly and I are going to be meeting with this uh, Carlisle local. And speaking of this week, we know uh, we don't even have to check the calendar for this no, one. No, we do not. Uh, but this is the week we get the Catback exhaust installed, right? Yes, the man engineering. Uh, this is what they had uh, as a sponsor. We have this now to install. We are so excited to get this uh, on the BRZ. I opened the box like a kid on Christmas. Look at the stainless. The pipes are beautiful. The tailpipe tips are just so sharp. It's going to sound really gnarly. I am totally pumped about getting this on Tuesday night. So I'll be at Bill's in Chambersburg, Bill Anderson, and we'll get some wrench time in his garage. And uh, we'll include that as part of our intro, right? Yeah, for sure. We talked about engineering that in as part of the welcome, so you'll get to hear our car with the man engineering uh, non-resonated exhaust on it each and every week. And I love that uh, man engineering is focused only on Subaru parts. They are. They, they do one thing, and they do it really well. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see uh, see that come to come to fruition on, the, on your car. And since they're based out of Santa Clara, California, it's kind of fun that we're able to then be a bit of a test bed and uh, promote on the, on the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. So we can do a little for the right coast for them. That's awesome. So that's coming up. We also have the Carlisle auction for the fall and we are 
going to be having a table there. So if you come to the Carla auction, stop by, check us, check out our table. We'll be set up there. So and there'll be goodies, right? And goodies. Yes. And by goodies, I mean also cookies. Yes. So yes, definitely check us out. Uh, love to meet you. Love to have you swing by. With that being said, we are so focused on bringing great content, interviews, and all kind, all things car here throughout the winter months. So can't wait to, to share more. So friends, as we continue our way north from Charlotte, heading back to Carlisle, we're what, probably about two hours to go? Two and a half, two and a half to go. Yeah. Working our way up the interstate in the rain. I wish you all a great rest of your day and drive well. And be well. Take, Take care. care.